Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I am recording this <laughs> while everyone in the house is asleep as usual, so I'm doing this on my phone. Uh, big thanks for KW Peary for coming back on the show for a third time. Uh, KW's the man. We were supposed to record a year ago, over a year ago, and then we had some tech issues, and we're like, oh, we'll just uh, we'll reschedule for next week or something like that. And then my daughter was born prematurely, and I don't remember the last 13 months of my life. Kidding. But, well, not about the premature part. So it's it's been a little crazy. Uh, KW is just so kind, super fun. Uh, I, I really love talking to him. I fucking love his accent. And, uh, man, that dude is a, he's a workhorse, like a, like a full-time job job. And then he just writes so much poetry, songs, a screenplay. Uh, it's insane. I remember first time he came on the show, I didn't really quite understand how much of a big deal he was. He's, and he is, and he's just so kind. Um, so many years ago, a wonderful past guest named Marissa Schwartz from uh, Gen Z Publishing connected us. So now it's like three, four years later, and we're both still at it. So Marissa, for some reason you hear this, uh, shout out. Uh, thank you so much for connecting us all those years ago. Make sure you follow KW online at KWPeary. That's two E's. Uh, Facebook. And I'm really excited for the screenplay. Keep your ears and eyes open for the eventual movie that I'm imagining will end up on Netflix of some sort, or Hulu, one of those, Amazon. And um, um, let's see, I'm hoping to pop out some new episodes as soon as possible. So I should mention uh, a big shout out to my wonderful podcast network, Cortep Arts. Make sure you follow um, everything on there. CortepArts.com and all the other shows who post more frequently. I really like the Podstalgic's most recent review of Infinity War. Oh, and I was a guest on Everything is Awesome, where I got to. I, uh, Kevin asked me to open. Kevin, my good bud, past guest, uh, really wanted to talk about depression and the shit I went through with the PTSD, and he did a really good job. I was really proud of him. Um, I've gotten a lot more farther along my journey. We recorded it a long time ago, so I have much more to say more positively now. But uh, it was a great experience, so thanks, Kev, for having me. All right, so make sure you find me on the Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. And Facebook, Instagram, that's my email as well, is Let's Chat Podcast at gmail.com. Um, keep your ears and eyes open for some new episodes, and I'm looking for some new guests, so get at me. Let's get to it. That's so funny. She woke up, gave a little cry, and then it was just like, I'm looking at the monitor, and she's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do every morning. <laughs> oh my god, me too. Well, how are you? Um, man, when did we last talk? Two years ago? A year ago? I don't... It, feels like it yesterday. Was, it was longer than your daughter's been, you know, been here. Uh, and then some. Just turned, she just turned one, right? Yeah, oh, you're so sweet to remember. You know, yeah, yeah, just turned one. And I remember we were trying to do this right before she was born, and she was born prematurely, and that's why I had, like... I remember we tried, yeah. and then we both had some tech issues. I'm like, oh, we reschedule, and then I think she was born, and then I just kind of fell off the face of the earth for a year. And that's and that's absolutely understandable. I'm <laughs> I'm stoked you're back, but I can 
I mean, you got to soak up that time. You'll never, you'll never have that time with her yeah, back. So it's good that you took, yeah, it's cool that you took that time. Yeah, it, it's been, it's, it's just awesome. I, I, it's hard, yeah. but it's great. And but um, but when so we talked record was was it two years ago? It was it was probably almost two years ago. The last time that that we that we did this. Because you know, I don't know if I ever even. Maybe I have, but if anyone's listening, um, you are the highest downloaded guest I've ever had on this show. By a I lot. Take, this is this is the most fun I have, you know, oh, doing man. radio or podcasts or, or anything oh, like that. You. I mean, this has just been easy. Um, we just have a, a we just have a good mojo going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I because I I um when I kind of. Almost long story short, I was about to quit, and I'll, I was thinking not doing the show anymore, and then kind of got got my he- mental health in order, which is a very important thing to do. Um, uh, so and finding happiness with it, I was like, you know what? I'm no longer doing it, this for anything other than like I'm not going to try to build it. I'm not trying to make money. I don't care about numbers. I mean, I'll still promote it because I want to help the the nice people who come on. I was like, for now on, the only thing I focus on is. I want to bring people on that I only think I'll enjoy talking to for, like, the time. Like, there's no more, like, oh, this person makes me look good or whatever. And I've always <laughs> generally tried to get people I like. And I've made some decisions where I've had people on because I thought it could lead to something for whatever, whatever. I'm like, no more. No more stress. If it's not easy, I'm not doing it. So right. That's why you're one of the returners. <laughs> well, that's I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to have a, a chance to visit again. Uh, so I'm so happy to talk to you. I love. I, I always loved your accent as well. <laughs> I appreciate that, and likewise, <laughs> I know we're probably like accent. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, what's new in the KW Peary Land? How many thousands of books have you written? Well, Seven, since we la- yeah, well, since we last spoke, um, I've I'm actually working right now, actively writing nine and ten. Wow! And I'm am I and I'm also collaborating on a screenplay. Wow! So. I'm like busier than I've ever been, which I, you know, I'm grateful that, that I have an abundance of things to, to talk about and say and, and work on. Um, I'm really stoked about the screenplay because it's something that was kind of a bucket list item that it, it all kind of come, come together in February. And it's, it's really more enjoyable than I ever envisioned it might be. Have you always been like a natural writer? I I don't know if it if it was necessarily natural um out of the gate, but it it became kind of a necessity like you had you had mentioned, you know, getting my my own mental health in order and taking kind of a my own personal inventory. I found that it was very therapeutic for me to write and mm. then it then it became, then it became like, it was, it was a necessity. I had to do it on a daily, even if what I ended up with was not necessarily something I could use. It was just, it was more of an exercise of getting it out mm. and not, and not judging whether it was good yet or not. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a, this amazing, amazing creative writing professor in college, Leslie Lewis. I still remember her name. And, um, we would come in and our exercise, because I am the notoriously, I, I'm not great at writing, and I've always had a lot of issues. With, I'm just, schools was hard or whatever. 
and she would just um kind of unteach you. Uh, she would always call it like almost unteaching everything we learned in school. We would sit down with a pen and a paper for thir- like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever the time was, and um we would just write. And uh, she's like, if you can't think anything, just scribble. And she's like, and don't edit, don't look back, don't think of anything, and just write. And then you could look at it, edit it, throw it away, do whatever you want. And I, that became the way I started doing all of my essays and co- every paper I wrote in college. Anytime I just do like five minutes of just get all of my thoughts out. And then yeah. then, the, then I find the creative juices kind of kick in around like five, ten minutes or whatever. And yeah. It's interesting because I'm sure like, for writing, podcasting, any sort of creative endeavor, you only see the finished product, but you don't see, like, for someone, <laughs> when you see, like, one of your books, I'm sure there's a thousand pages that are, don't even make it into the final product. Right. I mean, and I, since I started writing, you know, more serious, taking myself serious as a, as a writer, as a songwriter to begin with, I, I end up with a lot of song parts or, are, are just fragments of things that I then take and I'll, I'll take some of those parts and, and put things together, use them as a, as a cue to write something, you know, who knows how long it'll be. I've, I've taken things that I, that I wrote back in 05 or 06 more recently and used them kind of as a cue to get the juices flowing. So I don't think that there's any such thing as, as a wasted line. I just think that it, it there are certain lines that need a marination phase mm. and and you know it it'll come to you or it does for me you know I'll I'll go back and revisit some of those things and I'll be like oh this makes sense let's plug this in here and and see how that works and uh I think that I think that kind of the light come on for me whenever I started collaborating with other writers, you know, in the songwriting realm. And then I just kind of continue to use that, that, you know, that tool later on down the line as I started writing collections of poetry. Yeah, that's so interesting. Are you a journaler? Do you like have a journal on you and just writing down notes here and there and then kind of figure out like, this is a song, this is for the screenplay, this is for a poem, this is just garbage, this is just... My Starbucks order. Luckily, I, I, my work requires I be in front of a computer, so I'm constantly scribbling notes in a Word document mm. that I, that I'll print out on a daily and put them in a binder. And I, I'm very weird. About, and, and if I, if I'm out mobile and I don't have access, I'll send myself a text message just so that I don't lose, lose the line because if if I don't take the time, I'll kick myself later on. Um, and a lot of my best ideas come in the car, like when I'm driving. Yes. Yeah. So so I have to I have to pull over and text myself, which sounds very sad, but that's what I do. <laughs> no, I I think this is I'm just such a sucker of learning people's processes, no matter what it is they're doing. Because I think we all have these weird little quirky habits, and it's like, oh, you do that too, or, or some <laughs> variation of that, or like when you hear like, um, especially if it's like someone you admire, or someone who's famous, or someone like you look up to, and you're like, oh, that's what you do. Like I, yeah. um, do, it's kind of semi-related, but do you watch that Netflix show called Somebody Feed Phil? 
I don't think I've seen it yet. It's a food, tra- it's a travel food show, which I can't recommend enough. It's amazing. With, uh, this, uh, his name is Phil Rosenthal, and he was the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, oh. it's a, but the show is so funny, cause it has like, if you just need something to turn your brain off and just watch someone enjoy food in different cultures and not talk about politics and literally just be the happiest person you've ever seen eat a meal, um, the unrelated. Uh-huh. But I heard him talking about, for Raymond, and uh, on podcast about his process is that he would just write all, do what you did throughout the entire week. And at the end of the week, he had the episode. And he's like, writing's easy. If you just do it all at once, then it's, the page is written if you just do it little by little by little throughout the day. And I was like, oh. Because right. I, I guess I have this, like, from school structure, like, if I'm going to write a 10-page paper, 50, or, well, I'm not in college anymore, if I have to write a lot. I feel like I have to sit down and do it all, but you don't. You could break it up, and I love hearing that you even just do it line by line. Oh, oh yeah, and I, I catch myself particularly like if I'm watching a documentary or and I'll I'll hear a line and it'll trigger something in my mind, and then I'll have to write down. Yeah, I'll write the line down that that triggered my line, and just as a reference point, it, mm. it's. It's very strange how how my mind works, but but I, I do find that oftentimes, especially if it's a music related documentary uh, or a or a poetry related doc, any any art really, uh, I'm inspired that I'm inspired by. I'll, I will find little nuggets throughout a documentary that will trigger a response, and usually my own my own line will come uh, during that. So. <laughs> I, I I hit the pause button often <laughs> when I'm watching a documentary. Well, so like um, writing either poetry or songs um, is that is that di- I don't know how to write or do any of this stuff. Like you guys, that's, I'm fascinated by you. Um, is that like is that a similar style for like writing a melody, or do you have a different process for songwriting versus poetry? Or like if you can write a melody, like I know a lot of musicians, like oh, you take a Beatles song, you take the guts, and then you just kind of retool it. But is that like how you do a writing, or do you like are, do you, I, are you a melody person first, words no, first? The, yeah, the words first because I'm a lyricist, and and so the oh, words oh. always for me come first, unless during a collaboration in the studio, the guy that I collaborate with most, Kenny Marshall, or even like uh, I collaborate a, a good deal with Scott Ford uh, from the Scott Ford Band and Bryant Carter from the Bryant Carter Band, they may have a a, a hook. All a musical hook already, um, a, you know, a melody already, you know, in the can, and I can go in and listen to that a few times, and then the words start flowing. So I've been blessed in the in that respect, and and being able to write kind of as needed, only hearing it a few times, and and sometimes I'll already have something. I'll flip. I'll be flipping through my my catalog of, of lyrics and sometimes I can find some that fit without having to write anything fresh. But some of the best stuff comes just writing it fresh as I'm hearing, as I'm hearing the music. So how did the, are you allowed to talk about the screenplay? Oh yeah, absolutely. How did that come about? I am, I mean, everyone's a sort of past episode. I, I knew a lot about your poetry and your music and you're a big fan. So I'm so cool. That's so cool. You're doing a screenplay. That's so cool. Well, my well, my really good friend Bryant Carter. He's a singer, songwriter, and poet. He, he's actually from here in Missouri. Uh, grew up around the Grain Valley, Oak Grove, Missouri area, just just east of where I live in Blue Springs. 
uh, he called me. He's in Nashville now, and, and he's he's living in Nashville and and working there. Um, he called me in February and said, uh, "You remember that song we wrote uh, called Country Justice?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, he said this uh, we the 30th anniversary of of uh, a killing on Main Street in Skidmore, Missouri, just happened, and and the song we wrote called Country Justice." was a song about a gentleman by the name of uh, Ken McElroy. And Ken McElroy was a town bully. Um, and the townspeople got so sick of his shit in 1981, after about a 15-year rampage that he had gone on, he'd actually shot an elderly um, grocery store clerk and, uh, or gro- grocery store owner uh, in the neck and... Every time he had been indicted, 21 consecutive times he had been indicted, he had been acquitted and walked. And so these townspeople had had their belly full, and everything ultimately ends up uh, on the street around noontime in July of 1981 in 100-degree sweltering heat, and he was shot and killed on Main Street in broad daylight, and no one has ever been... Uh, indicted for his murder. And this is a real story? It's a real story. Wow. And uh, the movie, there was actually a made-for-TV movie starring Brian Dennehy back in the early 90s that was done, but it wasn't done the way that, you know, really it, it, it deserves to be told in a better, you know, way. And that's that's our intent is, is to... And... and during the course of our research, uh, you know, in, in respect to the story, we've uncovered a number of things that have not been written about because there was a, a best-selling book written, uh, you know, ab- about this killing back in, in the in the 80s, and then it was turned into a made-for-TV movie. We're kind of taking it, it – there's a, there's a completely different plot twist in our movie – you know, in in our screenplay, and we're really excited to share it with with folks. Um, it's for some just, reason as you're saying this, um, I don't know why, but correct me if I'm wrong. But did you ever see the movie Bernie? That that does kind of ring a bell with uh, Jack Black. Okay. Yes, I yes I have. I don't the know why. For some reason, um, <laughs> maybe this is what either people why they love or hate the show that I made. The, for some reason, I decided to. I, that's the connection. I was, as you were saying that story, I'm like, oh, that be that sounds like it should be in the style of Bernie. I don't know why, but is that kind of an? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea why I said that, but I just feel like yeah. that's all I kept thinking of because of that took quite that quiet town and a murder. But it's such a. I think that's a really it, sad that it happened. But what a cool story, man! You can it, go so many ways with that. There's a, there's a ton, and you know the interesting thing is the the attorney that represented. Uh, McElroy was, uh, he was a, a Kansas City mob attorney, uh, by the name of, uh, McFadden. And uh, you really can't write this if you tried. That is perfect. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and you have are... a name like McFadden and you're a lawyer, like obviously you're going to work for the mob. There's no question about that. You know, and after the murder, I mean, he was on the Donahue show and, uh, Larry King live and the Oprah show. This was a big, you know, a, it was the biggest thing in his career for for sure, and the biggest thing to ever happen in Nottaway County, Missouri. They're still talking about it thirty years later. 
primarily because no one's ever been held accountable for, for the murder. Um, and he was a town bully. He was a, a really bad guy. Uh, the question is, should he been taken out the way he was taken out? You know, I mean, and, and that's, that's, that's the interesting undercurrent. Like that, that's, I know. Cause you can have like this whole, like Batman vigilante thing or like breaking bad anti-hero where he's a right. piece of shit, but you kind of feel bad for him. But then like, and or there... like, you make him like the villain the whole time. But like morale, if you're like, but like a strict sense of morality in real life, like no one deserves yeah. to be murdered like that. I, I don't know. That's such an interesting... That sounds like a really good case. We're going to be headed down a direction in the movie, and then we're going to pull the rug out from under everyone. Yeah. You're going to be just blown away by the, the turn that this movie takes, and no one else has, has talked about this yet. So. Oh, man. Are you guys gonna shop it around to studios and stuff? It too? will be heavily, it will be heavily scrutinized. I can assure you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're preparing for uh, that now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bryant uh, has some connections in Nashville, and and uh, with connections there in in L.A. Um, and we do intend to to pitch it to Netflix for sure. We're not sure exactly if if it may even have enough legs to be made into a series um, because Ooh, there's man. so much because there's so yeah. much information and we we we're really trying to to pare all of our scenes down and 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 refine everything to a point where we'll pitch it as a movie but I I do think there's enough there's enough detail there it's a rich enough story that we could make a, you know, a, a Sons of Anarchy type of a, or a Breaking Bad type of a series yeah. with multiple years. Or a, like a Sopranos. You know, it's, oh. it's all in that same vein. It's very dark. Stuff um, that America guy, loves. And this guy is easy to hate. You know, the, the main character, this Ken McElroy, he, he's a, he's a, He's a gnarly son of a bitch, but what ends up happening to him, you know, in the, in the course, over the course of 15 years, uh, ultimately or culminates in, in something that I'm, I'm, I think people are going to be shocked by that something like that could happen, uh, in America and, and, and everyone get away with it. Uh, so, um, I have some unsolicited advice for you. Okay. People love, um, don't be afraid to pitch this out to like Gimlet Media. Cause did you ever listen to Crime Town? I no, I don't think so. Listen to Crime Town; it's incredible. It happens to be about pro- so the idea of Crime Town. It's like a docu series about uh, the crime in a different city. The first city they actually did happen to be Providence, where I lived, so that's why I was listening to it. But it was really cool. But um, there's a lot of market out there right now for like these like fictionalized audio narrative podcast as well. And I feel like the story that you guys are writing could also lend yourself to that. It's like Gimlet Media is like the company that runs Crime Town and all that. But I feel like you guys got to reach out. And be like, listen, we got the story. Buy it. We'll make it. <laughs> right. Just it just sounds and like you know, I feel like you guys. I mean, I love your writing. I feel like you guys could do some good work, and you could score it. <laughs> like, and I'll compose it. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, certainly. I mean, and you know, all these streaming services—they're spending 
tons of money. You know, this year I think Netflix is planning spending around two billion dollars on original content. So yeah, and, and you know, you you've got all the other competitors, including Amazon, that are really trying to snatch up everything worthwhile. What would be the best case scenario from my capitalistic mind would be a bidding war where people liked it well enough, the screenplay was strong enough that more than one person wanted to make the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I'm so happy for you, man, because um, you mentioned before, like, you have a job. And oh, yeah. You no, write no, poetry, and you write books, <laughs> and you're a musician. So, like, where yeah. do you find the energy? You just have the drive, you know? Well, yeah, I, I, it's it's an it's a sickness. It's an illness. I mean, I I find myself, you know, very bothered if it's a day where I'm just not writing anything. I I tend to I tend to work uh, my best into the late or the, rather the early morning hours. I stay up, you know, usually two three in the morning, um, and that's my most productive time. Um, kind of after all the noise settles down, um, there's just, you know, I'm so distracted like everyone else in America with, you know, technology and, and that kind of thing, but th- things do tend to, to kind of wind down after midnight and that's when I'm really my most creative. If I can carve out an, a, a good two hours a day, I, I can, uh, you know, I'm usually surprised at the end of the week how much work I, I can have done. It's fun. I know a lot of people um, who are like just hyper focused or drive or this energy, and if it's not learned to channel right, it's very easy to turn to drugs and alcohol and have a problem. And um, I work with I work in the behavioral health field, so I work with a lot of people in recovery, and um, I'm always pushing my clients to once they're coming off if they're sober and coming into sobriety or whatever is taking that excess energy that they were putting towards alcohol into creativity. And it's it's incredible how much energy we have that you don't realize. Right. Well, after after I turned 40, for some reason, there's been this sense of urgency for me to, to be, be more serious about the writing. And prior to that, I, I did drink a lot, lot more than I should and partied. And, you know, so I've gone through all the, you know, all of what you just described, um, and I've, I've lived that life and that's pretty, it's, it's, it's still very present in, in what I'm writing today. You know, I, I draw from that well and hopefully, you know, folks that are much younger than, than me that are reading my work can, can maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that I've, <laughs> that, that I've found myself. I mean, especially um, in, in music. Well, you know what? That's, that's such bullshit. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, especially in the rock and roll industry, there's drugs and alcohol. Like motherfucker, there's drugs and alcohol everywhere you go. It's not That's just right. in a fucking club. Um, yep. I mean, there's no alcohol in the building. I work. Well, I also work at a psychiatric hospital, so there shouldn't be. But like, I worked at a Starbucks in a hotel, and there's a restaurant, and we would go out on our breaks and have a glass. Like we had people who just go have a glass of wine, or you know, those people who have like vodka in their water bottles. So like, yep. it. I know, but it's interesting because like. um Especially, I notice there's a lot of people who have who are alcohol like with alcoholism. It's just they have the most hyper, they have more energy than anyone in the entire world. Because when someone who co- comes off uh, alcohol, man, they can do anything. They, you got to keep busy, you know. It's like 
you can actually do you're almost like a superhuman like i'll work an eight hour day and i'll write a book and then i'll record an album and then i'll watch a quick tv show and then back to work tomorrow and the rest and i'm just like oh my god eight hours of work i'm done did, did you ever watch uh the uh the show nurse jackie the first season i loved and then i lost showtime but I, yes i love that show okay. love well, Edie I- falco yeah, as a register, I mean, I'm a registered nurse by background. Oh no and way! It, cool. Oh yeah, and it's and it's absolutely yeah, and it's absolutely true. I mean, in emergency medicine and and actually pretty much in any setting I've ever worked in, doctors, nurses, healthcare providers in general, because of their proximity to medicine, and I've I've just known a lot of of uh. Healthcare providers that have had had issues with substance abuse and alcohol and and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's not just in, in the arts; it's everywhere. Pretty much, if if you're looking close enough, you're gonna you're gonna see it. Um, you know, pretty much anywhere you look. Um, well, that's funny you say that. And you know, living, yeah, it's true. Well, and you know, if you had it, I mean, I think there there are people that are as addicted to so social media as folks are to any other addictive substance. I mean, and it can be as damaging as, as anything else. I mean, there's just a ton of things folks can become fixated on. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm and I'd rather, be, I'd, I'd rather be, I'd, I'd rather be fixated on something that, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave kind of a, a, some, something behind, you know, I, I just want, yeah, well, I just want to leave a scar. I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I just want, I want people to know I was here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and hopefully, hopefully there, there's something, you know, that will, I mean, it, out of the books that I've written, as long as it connects with someone, it's, it's been worth the time because it, it certainly has helped me. Well, I mean, I've seen your Amazon reviews. They're connected. I'm just grateful that anyone would be interested in, in reading what I write. And you just hope somebody else will will dig it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like if you have this hyper focused addiction, put it towards creativity if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so that's so fascinating that you said. That's just so true. Like, God, Nurse Jackie was really good, and that's funny because I had worked at a, a previous place, so this is jobs ago, and um, it was in the mental health field, and. A lot of my coworkers were alcohol. Like I would even go say uh, they were definitely alcoholics, and not like the we like to go out and party. But the, like I'm like I think you guys have a problem, and we're also trying to help people. Um, it's just that's I don't know. I didn't mean for this to go that way, but it's it's just I I is interesting. It's an interesting world. I um I'm constantly fascinated by that because I myself struggle with finding myself getting addicted to things, and like I actually recently deactivated facebook because of how much it was like at one point i was using it too much and then i wasn't using it at all and then i'm like i just now that i have like a daughter i don't have as much time as i used to so i'm like i want to just focus my time on things i like i like podcasting i like playing simpsons tap out i like watching tv i don't really love facebook yeah and that's because it it does eat up a I use it as an outlet to throw some things out there to see if people are digging it or not. Um, so it's it's really more of it's kind of a selfish reason that I that I use Facebook more as a as a way for me to 
connect and communicate with other poets or songwriters. Um, so I use it as a tool, but it, there, there is a delicate balance there. Um, and I've certainly, there are times, there are phases that I go through. If I'm more manic, I, I, I will spend way too much time on Facebook or Twitter or social media in general. Guilty as charged. Uh, <laughs> so what's, uh, what's on the docket? I know you have a book coming out next month. Am I correct in that? That is right. Gallatin Gallus comes here locally uh, at Inklings Books in Blue Springs on Main Street. Um, we've sent out some uh, some early, um, you know, advanced copies to to folks who pre-ordered it on Kindle, and so far the feedback's been been very positive. So I'm I'm really excited to to for for it to be available to everyone and, and to see how see how people like it are you still a gen z i am still well, with gen shout z out to marissa. Um, absolutely uh marissa schwartz and the entire the the gen z publishing is growing every year and they're adding more and more great writers all the time i'll give a shout out to a few of my gen z brothers brad fairs Paul Goldman and Dan Floor the Third, they all have books with Gen Z. Paul has one coming out in on May second. I believe it's May second. Um, and you know, I'm, I I just feel really lucky to be uh, to to be under the Gen Z umbrella. And you know, there's there's tons of literary magazines and and uh, other small press publishers that I I really dig and I try to support. You know, uh, writers that that are out there and and working hard uh, under all those other uh, small press umbrellas as well, because uh, we need we just need more great poetry out there. And we do. I, I've met a ton of great poets just in the last few years, and so um, I'm I'm more excited about this young crop of writers coming up than pretty much anything else. Oh, that's so exciting. Marissa's been doing it forever. I give her a lot of I know. It's been fun to watch her uh, grow like and online. She's, yeah, she blows me away. You talk about, she's like that younger generation. I'm like, you are just driven. You know what you want. And such a, and it, it, it's so wonderful. Um, so before, um, it will be interesting to see where Gen Z is, uh, you know, another five years from now because of the way that it's growing and, and I just feel like the momentum is just, uh, uh, it, it's really un, unbelievable. I, I'm just so, so happy to be part of it. I, it's wonderful. Um, so the connection's kind of getting not good and it's kind of oh. getting late. Uh, so how about, um, like, uh, is there anything, I'll cut that part out, but is there anything we missed? Uh, I've also been doing sh- little shorter episodes because I find more people will listen to a half hour versus oh, yeah. an hour. Oh, that- <laughs> That's fine. This fall, I'll have Howler Holler coming out, which is kind of a follow-up to Ozark Howler that was released last fall. It's some of my more darker material, so uh, so stay tuned for that. And uh, as always, I really appreciate uh, you taking time to to visit with me here um, on Let's Let's Chat. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you, and thank you for you are the best promoter. If anyone's listening, that you you get the word out. Um, I, 
I don't think you even understand how many. Um, I mean, I, I can tell you offline if you want, like the amount of downloads that came, like, and I don't. I wouldn't say I've ever had like. So, I've had some names on here, names ish, right? And um, you beat them out by a lot. So I think there's more people who are aware of you and a fan of you that you even know about. Like if you look at my two highest episodes, it's like you. I think it's like Travis McElroy is the other one, and there's like thousands of downloads in between the differences. So like. But again, I don't care about the numbers right now. I just think you're a, a, a nice person and you're fun to talk to. And God damn, you are a workhorse. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun, and um, I'm I'm gonna ride the wave, brother, until it <laughs> until it rips me apart. Absolutely. Um, just because I, I'm I I am very grateful and uh, so so happy to be able to visit with you again and and congratulations again on your on your daughter felicity joy oh, thank um you so much. that that is that's just awesome man yeah she's so maybe she'll be a writer <laughs> i hope so <laughs> where can people uh, following you on the old internets i've i'm on facebook and on twitter and instagram uh kw peary uh p double e-r-y so Beautiful. Come on down. <laughs> oh, thanks again, man. And let's uh, let's definitely do this again because it's always always a blast. And I'm looking thanks, forward Chris. to that screenplay. It sounds incredible. And the books and everything. I love it. Thanks, Chris. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Pop This Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtsandparts.com.